0: what's the return on this? You know, I think a lot of people would probably stress about that. Like, is it worth my time, right? Should I be spending that time like out with more clients or what's the return on
1: it? Videos are an investment. It's not inexpensive to create quality videos, to get everything you need to do it. And every single person I know who makes videos will tell you that their business grows exponentially every single year.
0: Who's the best teacher you've ever had?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, I would have to say Vonda Martin. Oh, people are Vace. I've had so many good ones. I hope they're not listening. They're all going to have their feelings hurt.
0: <laughs> okay. and what did they teach you? Or what grade or what point of life?
1: This, these were adult people. So Vivace was my life coach. Vonda to this day is still the person who I quote the most and uh, whose teachings I reference the most in my business.
2: World class lessons from the real estate industry's top 1%. Empowering agents to think bigger and do more to create life by design. Get access to exclusive interviews with top producing real estate professionals. Listen in as we talk about their journey in the business, best practices, and lessons learned. Hosted by Kiro Nasrala and John Scipioni. You mean one thing that we always say in our office is just action is better than perfection, right? And this is light it up with Lighthouse Residential.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Light It Up podcast. We are thrilled to have with us today uh, Tyler Whitman of Triple Mint, which will now be known as the agency uh, in early September of this year. Uh, so far, his team has closed 70 transactions this year, representing about $165 million in uh, overall volume. And they're on pace to do about 260 million by the end of the year. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us, man. We're we're thrilled to have you here.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. I'm excited to see what happens in this hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I think uh, we've had a few people who have their own podcast on the show before, so uh, that always adds a little bit of extra pressure. But uh, yeah, we're uh, we're happy to have you here, man. We're always trying to bring people who you know, can bring value to the platform. We try to be super intentional about, you know, making sure it's people that, uh, you know, are gonna, pro- gonna provide value to to our guests, whether it be, you know, people who are leading a team like yourself, solo agents, people who are in the mortgage industry, all sorts of different real estate professionals. So uh, we absolutely thought you would fit the role. And, and uh, again, we're thrilled to have you here, man, so. Let's let's jump into it.
1: Let's see. Let's see what happens. I hope I provide the value you're looking for.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, man. No pressure. Yeah, Yeah, I I was talking to John this morning about it in preparation. I was like, what? What questions can I ask, Tyler? Let me let me go through here. And I was going through a lot of your Instagram stories and I'm just like, holy shit. All right. Tyler's very vulnerable with everything. And that's like (laughs) a really good sign of courage. But for everybody who's listening, can you walk us through your journey? How you got into real estate and when you knew that there was something there right before it blew up?
1: Yeah, I I definitely um, kind of fell into it. I moved to New York with no real clear vision of what I wanted to do with my life, and I was uh, waiting tables at Planet Hollywood in Times Square and selling tickets to tourists to Broadway shows in the middle of Times Square. Um, you know, anything I could do to barely pay my bills. And I actually fell so far behind. I had no money, and of course, my my dog has strong opinions about this. We we get get started. She starts. She's she's like I have. She's like I have something to say. Um, Anyway, so um, so I fell way. I was so broke that even I was trying so hard, but I fell behind on rent. Uh, in my first apartment so ended up moving into a craigslist sublet in uh, alphabet city in the east village and the and with a stranger at the time now um, he's become a good friend of mine but um, so that was lucky but he was a he was a rental agent and he had you know a nice book of business um for uh rental exclusives around where we lived and I saw like his lifestyle and I was like, I think I'd be good at what he's doing. And he was good at it, he was talented. So it wasn't like I was looking at somebody who I didn't think was good, but, uh, but I was like, I think I could do what he's doing. And he always tried to talk me out of it. He was like, I got lucky. He's like, I have this landlord that has a lot of buildings that gives me these rental exclusives. He's like, but if you don't have that, he's like, it's really, really hard to break your way into the industry. And so I continued waiting tables for a while and and largely because I just didn't have when I say I had no money in the bank, I mean, credit cards were maxed out and I was still always behind on my bills. And um, anyway, I got like a tax refund that year of like three grand. And I was like, this is my moment. (laughs) (laughs) And and so I went and uh, got my real estate license. Uh, and started as a rental agent, and that was in 2006. And um, you know, and it was not glamorous at all. I was still doing; I had stopped Planet Hollywood at the time, but in between showings, this is always kind of like one of those painful memories for me. I was still uh, standing in the middle of Times Square selling Broadway tickets um, just to try and make ends meet because I couldn't, I, I couldn't, it took me a long time to figure out how to play the game you know, in the beginning. Yeah. And it was really just pride and because so many, I, I think everybody who's in the real estate industry is told, oh, don't do it whenever you get in, like it's really hard. Um, and there was, I didn't wanna prove people right and mm-hmm. um and i remember it was a secret of mine that i was selling tickets to broadway shows and i would always have this fear that a client
2: running into a client yeah, yeah. i was like yeah.
1: oh i was like i just love theater <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm a supporter
1: yeah um and then you know so i i and i struggled for a long time at the end of 2008 i was about to quit and um I moved back home and finally tell my parents that they were right and that I needed to go to college and get myself a real job. And I posted this ad on Craigslist the day that I was quitting uh for this three bedroom. It was a six thousand dollar a month three bedroom. And never got calls on those kind of listings, but this time I did get a call. Um and you know, uh, and now looking back, I'm like, that was God. That was God that called. <laughs> and um anyway, I got a call rented these guys this apartment, uh, which got me enough of a commission that I was like, I can survive a little bit longer. And just so you guys know, this is not like a sales commission. This was like a $3,000 commission for a rental. It wasn't like I made like a hundred grand or something. And anyway, really hit it off with them. They had just graduated from Princeton, ended up sending me a ton of Princeton referrals. And, um, and that summer I finally had like my first and and I went from making like literally fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year of my first couple of years, um, to that summer, which you know, this was right when they right after the market had crashed. So I guess it was actually summer of two thousand nine, uh, when all of these new Princeton grads were moving to the city. And I closed a ton, ended up making like two hundred thousand dollars that summer. And I was like, I figured out the game. <laughs> you know? um, and that network grew, you know, I ended up uh, doing really well with the Ivy League crew. Uh, it's eventually how I met Phil and David, uh, because they both graduated from Yale, and then they yeah. started Triple Mint, uh, which is the company I still work for today, and um, you know, when it was just a twinkle in their eye, and they didn't have a name for the company yet, they asked me if I wanted to join the party, and I was like, eh, why not? Um, and so so here we are, I mean, and it's been it's been crazy. I stopped selling for a while, and Uh, was running the sales department of the company, building it, trying to recruit and train agents. Um, And that was uh, a challenge in and of itself because I was I was the kid who did not believe in himself. And you know, and I would meet with anybody who had a book of business. And in my head, I was like, "Why is this person even talking to me?" I was like, "I'm, mm. I'm an obese rental agent working for a company that nobody's heard of yet." I was like, I, I, "How am I supposed to convince you that I'm your guy?" Um yep. And I got good at it, you know. I'm, i my my superpower, and I didn't realize it was a superpower at the time. I had this imposter syndrome, and, you know, and I always felt like a fraud. Like if anybody said yes, I was like, I think I tricked them, <laughs> you know. Like, Are you sure? <laughs> I know. I was like, Do you really want to do this? Um, <laughs> You know, but I think as I've gotten older and more self-aware and have found my confidence, I'm like, oh, no, that's a gift. Like uh, being able to talk to people and build them up and make them feel good and make them believe in a a process and a cause. And the more I started to realize that that was something I was good at, I just I started to just really go into that avenue. And I was like, oh, I've like really figured out how I'm going to make my way in this world. And that has been the best compounding thing that I've ever figured out for my life. You know, I apply it to how Hmm. I run my team, how I uh, talk to my clients, um, you know, how I really talk to anybody I meet, even in friendships and dating. You know, I'm just like, okay, I was like, I I know what I'm good at. I also know what I'm not good at, but so I just do what I'm good at and what I'm not good at since to like fade away. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah, you said a lot there.
2: One of the biggest things that I heard is that. In every seat of adversity, there was literally like every in every adversity that you faced, there was like a seat of opportunity in every single one. So it's almost like as if every time something was crashing down, you're like, Yes, it's about (laughs) to work out for me. So it's interesting how that happens. And it's, um, it's weird that you say, you know, you felt like a fraud because of the confidence like in yourself, but you go from that to selling, you know, 12 million seven figure houses. And that's like a struggle for agents across the board because it's all mental. And I do have to say this because this irks me. This is my pet peeve. Whenever we're recruiting new agents and they're like, yeah, I want to be like that. Like those people on million dollar listings are selling sunset. We're like, Nope, ain't gonna work. Kick them out (laughs) because it's glamorous, but it's a lot of mindset things Mm -hmm. you have to work through to even be there. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. So, and, uh, one of the best pieces of advice that I got is uh, I, and I think the best agents, even the really, you know, there's so many agents out there that have this reputation of being difficult or really mean or whatever. But then you look at their book of business and we're like, you have a huge book of business, you know? And, um, and I, Think that what people don't realize is the reason that they're successful is because they lean into who they are and do exactly what they are. And as real estate agents, what I always hear, and this is my pet peeve, is, oh, that won't work for my clientele. I need to wear this. I need to look like this. I need to talk like this. And you feel like you need to become this character. The only character you need to be, and Glinda actually uh, puts it perfectly. She's like, it's you with the volume up you know? And so, yes, like we're, we're showing up as like our bigger, better selves, but it's still us. And, you know, so the thing that I tell all of my agents is do not make assumptions about what rich people like, you know, you want to break into luxury and all of a sudden you're like, well, I need the nicest suits and I must be prim and proper. And, you know, like, that's not true at all. Some of my wealthiest clients are the most like chill. They have the dirtiest mouths. You know, they they make me feel like I don't. And I'm a I'm a cusser, but they make me feel like I don't cuss at all. I was like, wow. I'm like, look, at I'm such a little Catholic boy, yeah. but. Um, but you know, I think we get into our heads because we think that if you're rich, you must sit around and drink tea and be waited on all day. And I'm like, that's that's definitely not the case. Like I've done some pretty wild things with my wealthiest clients.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, I think people want genuine authentic people no matter what it is, right? So if mm-hmm. it's if that's you naturally, then it'll show. But if it's not, then you know, inauthenticity is probably the biggest turnoff no matter what price exactly. point they're at. Right. Exactly which is huge. John was actually telling me about uh, the story of uh, uh, the initial videos for that. Yeah, no, I think um,
0: we wanted to sort of segue like I think what we have found the ways to make, you know, we're always trying to add value, right? So we're trying to add value through this podcast to you. We're also trying to add value to the people that are watching this. So uh, what we've tried to do is make this really focused on uh, a specific topic. And one thing that we thought you did really, really well, or I should say that we've admired about you is that your ability to, let's say, get like attention, right, get attention, get some more exposure, whether it be through social media or just creating some of your own content. And I think I realized um, this probably about three or four years ago when when you started doing the maybe maybe you started doing them longer ago, but the the wit, the Whitman Wisdom videos. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So are you still doing them?
1: Uh, yeah, it's so funny that you say that. We're completely revamping the whole thing. Yeah. I wiped out my Instagram because I—I I don't know. This year, I kind of feel like um, a rebirth. I guess is probably a way to say it. Of just kind of like I've changed a lot. My life has evolved a lot, and a lot of the things that I've put out are things that I no longer uh, believe. You know, because I'm somebody who changes my mind. My opinions sure. change. Um, some of it wasn't representative of where I am today and the kind of, uh, brand that I have today. And then, but, but 70% of it, I think is... (laughs) top-notch, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like I still watch it and I'm like, damn, that was good. I, that was good. I was like, that, was, that was good. And so, what it, but it, what's given me the opportunity to do is every Friday, we're re-releasing the hits. And so on Friday, like I'll like post an old video that I think still rings true or is still representative of who I am now. Um, but also the way that people consume video has completely changed. And I was really late to the game with TikTok and Reels Um, and the kind of stuff that I want to share in Whitman Wisdom now, which is the kind of the direction that I want to take my brand into and something that I think a lot of people overthink is, um, you know, because people get really get in their heads around like, what am I going to say? What's the content going to be like? And there's so much when I first started Whitman Wisdom, there weren't a lot of those out there, and so it that, got me. That's a lot what I was it- going to
0: give you credit for. Yeah,
1: it got me a lot of attention really early on because people were like, "Oh, these are like sixty-second digestible videos with valuable information." Now, I, I mean, I feel like almost every real estate agent is putting something out there in some capacity, whether they're comfortable on video or not. So. I wanted to take Whitman wisdom into more of kind of like a mindset, lifestyle situation, something that really spoke to all audiences, because so much of my business comes from referrals from other agents in other markets. And so I started directing my videos just towards real estate agents. And there's just so much content out there around like all the things you need to know. And what I don't think a lot of people are talking about is the mental and psychological aspect of going through big changes, making big decisions, being up against other people, whether you're up against other people for a listing or if you're up against other people because there's multiple bids going on for a home that you want. Um, you know. And so I've learned so much about myself through, um, uh, through my own experience in real estate and just in life that you know, it's become like really personal to me. And what I felt like was getting lost in my videos because I love being funny. You know, I love to entertain. I love to be ridiculous and like make people laugh. What I think was getting lost was that like I'm still a person underneath it all. Like, I, you know, I have like real thoughts and real feelings. and And I think there was like a depth that was missing from my content. And so that's the goal of the next iteration is to show people that like, Um, Yeah, share share the things that I've learned that I've completely stolen, by the way. None of these are like my unique thoughts that I'm like, look at look at this genius idea I had. It's just things that were taught to me that now I want to use my platform to share with other people.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's great.
0: That's that's important. And I think that's so what I hear you saying is that, you know, maybe some of your thoughts and ideas have changed and the focus of some of the videos have changed. And overall though you you obviously feel like the con you know putting out content content I, I saw actually your post the other day you're saying uh, i forget her name now uh brunette woman I think also maybe involved in tom ferry you said every if you're not following her you should be following her I, oh uh
1: Giselle, Giselle.
0: Yeah. Giselle. She's
1: so she 's a video coach she 's not a real estate agent but she like ah. and, and she's really um and she's so smart she gives great advice um and so so, yeah, yeah, if you don't follow her, you absolutely should.
0: Yeah, yeah I followed her right away and I, and I think it was um, I think it was important, but I guess what we're going with here is just the idea of that, obviously, con- putting out your own content, producing it, writing it, showing people who you are you know outside of maybe the day to day was something that was important to you early on. Right. Yeah. yeah so sure. tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, You know, now I guess maybe you could go into it from how you first started to how you're doing it now. Are you writing all of the like the the ideas yourself? Is it are you producing it yourself? Like, is it a third party company?
1: So I use a third party company uh, and I've used the same company since I started doing videos. Um, They hate me when I say this because then people call them thinking that they can do it, too. I will say I'm uh, I'm better unplanned. And that's just something I've learned about myself. And, you know, it's why I was good for reality TV, because I just go in. I'm very good at just being off the cuff and having natural reactions and just talking about what's in my head. If somebody gives me a topic or if somebody gives me um, or like I'm an awful actor and people say, um, you know, like, hey, we want you to like Read this script and do that. I, I'm the worst for that. I also feel like I'm a good dancer unless it's choreographed, and then I can't figure anything out. You know? but,
2: That's the same excuse I use, but unless oh, I'm drinking, so yeah. it's like yeah. yeah,
1: right. Like I t- I tear it up at a wedding, but then all of a sudden if somebody's like, let's let's do one of these rehearsed TikTok. Videos, Show me I'm what like, you did. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, so when I you know I went through a, a huge weight loss. And I definitely decided to, that was one of the moments where I was like, this is something that is really relatable. I think everybody, no matter if they've wanted to gain weight, if they've wanted to lose weight, um, and whether it was 10 pounds or 200 pounds, it's just something that I was like, this is a story that people will relate to and it'll make me relatable. And, um, And I also needed it for accountability. So I decided to make my first video around the fact that I had, you know, at my heaviest, I had been in isolation for many years. That was why I decided to say yes to triple Mint so I could be behind the scenes because I had just become so ashamed of how overweight I had become. And losing that weight, I was like, well, there's one easy way to get this message out to people that I'm back selling and, um, and I'm still at this company and here's where I've been and here's why you haven't heard from me and here's what I've gone through. And it was, one of the most beautiful, because I didn't know what to expect. You know, I was sure. like, let me just let me just put this out there, and it was like one of the most beautiful life experiences I'd ever had. You know, like people came out of the woodworks. Um, I ended up talking to so many people who had been isolating for similar reasons, and that was like why I hadn't heard from them. And like, and it was just such like a really really awesome way to be able to connect and. And that was when I realized I was like, oh, I was like, not only does this feel really good and not only does this um, give me an ammunition to go out and and connect with people, I was like, but there's real business opportunities here because now because I've been vulnerable and I've been honest about something that's very personal that I thought could help other people, they now trust me, you know, it's like they're like, oh, like here's somebody who is painfully honest. (laughs) And, you know, this is, and that's the kind of person I want to do business with. And, and, and those are the people I should say, that's, that's my audience of business, right? Like, those are the people who like working with me, because they're like, I trust this guy, he knows what hard stuff feels like, and he knows what adversity feels like. And, um, and he's also been on, you know, he's come out on the other side. And there's a great audience of people who want to work with somebody like that. And I went all in, you know? And so I've been very uh, upfront about that experience and about that journey. And, uh, and then I just started having a ton of fun. You know, it was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I was like, I think I'm onto something. And, you know, we put out, and we started it at the end of 2018 was when I did my first videos. And in 2019, we put out like 150 videos. I mean, we we did so much content that year. And um, and then, I'm sorry, at the end of 2017, we did our first video. 2018, I put out like 150 videos. And then that was eventually how Million Dollar Listing found me was because I just had such like a catalog of camera work. And, um, you know, and not a lot of agents had that. And it was a great lesson for me because now I'm very much of like, uh i don't know if you ever watch anything that mel robbins does and if you know who mel mm-hmm. robbins is
2: yeah but A five second rule
1: um she's got lots of rules but she was doing <laughs> this video about how like we're all really focused on the big picture and like this huge goal and she was she beautifully talks about how you've got to focus on like all the little things and those are the things that need to get all of your focus and then the big thing is going to take care of itself and for me, it was a happy accident. I didn't realize what I was doing at that time, but I was like, "I'm just doing all these little videos, and I'm just posting them on the internet." And in the beginning, I was really excited when I got you know up to like five or six hundred views because I you know I only had a couple hundred followers at the time, and so I was like, "I'll take what I can get." Um, but you never know who's watching. You never know who they're sending it to, and. I used to always say, I'm really just trying to brainwash everybody that I'm a real <laughs> estate agent and I'm in New York City. And one of my early mentors was like, you really just want every single person to have a chemical reaction that when they hear the words real estate, a little picture of you pops up in their brain. <laughs> and I did that beautifully. And and then by the end of it, there was so much going on that uh, <laughs> I, who, who I, it never crossed my mind that like producers at Bravo might be watching my videos sure. one day or somebody sent it, you know, I don't know how they got their hands on it, but I can only imagine that somebody saw something that I did and was like, take a look at this guy. And then somebody probably did a deep dive, gave me a call. And the next thing I knew, I was filming for one of the most watched, you know, uh, real estate yeah. TV shows in history. And I was like, oh, well, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think about that with behind everything I put out now, you know, my goals have changed around like what I wanted. I, I love being in the public eye you know it's something that uh i really really enjoy um you know and so that's something that i'm definitely being very strategic about as i move things forward because i want to do something that's like a really feel good thing you know and i actually Uh, And I'm starting to put it out there that I actually want my my next TV show to be a weight loss TV show done the right way. Mm. Um, And that's that's kind of like where I'm moving my content towards to see if I can manifest. I was like, I did it with this without even trying. I was like, now let's see what happens when I'm actually trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's something important to dive into. Um, Do you put a lot of thought and it sounds like the answer is yes, uh, into. Like, like, do you have intention before each video or each set of videos? How often are you doing like you're filming? Um, it sounds like most of it's sort of like you have a topic in mind and then it becomes like improv, not necessarily scripted, but. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, is there an intention of saying, hey, my goal is to attract more clients, buyers and sellers, because a lot of agents put out content to attract agents to join their team or or whatever it is.
1: So I'm changing it up now. So beforehand, I always do my videos in batches. And so Hallelu has a studio in Brooklyn. I would go in and I would generally have like 12 to 15 topics in my head that I was like, these are just the things that I'm going to. And that would be it. I would just kind of say, like, I'm going to talk about interest rates. I'm going to talk about bidding wars. I'm going to talk about. And that would be as like high level as I would get with a topic. Um, and then I would go out there and bang them out. I haven't done a season of Whitman Wisdom in over a year for two reasons. One, I was a little burnt out because I put out so many that I was just like, "This is getting repetitive." It's like I'm like I'm <laughs> craving something new. Um, two, there was so much other content out there that I was like, I'm, "I was like, i this is no longer standing out." You know, this is getting lost yeah. in a sea of things. So I took a break and i and then I just started doing them homemade, so all of the most recent stuff are just me in a ring light and um and talking and I haven't liked those so um, <laughs> I mean I've liked the content, but I haven't liked the quality of them so uh I just wrote out a hundred questions um, and from everything from real estate to uh, funny things to uh, life things to hobby things, to dating things. I wrote out a hundred questions and they're going to come over here next week. I'm going to hand the, uh, and they're a team of like four people usually. Um, but Nate is one of the main guys and I'm handing him the questions and he's going to interview me, edit himself out. And and so he's just going to ask me these questions and I'm just going to respond to them all on camera and he's going to pare it down and, uh, that's going to be the next iteration, but I'm hoping to get about a hundred videos out of it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So I, it sounds like you're going more down the Glenda, the path.
1: Yeah. Filming at yeah. Home, I think, yeah. I, well, this apartment is particularly gorgeous. I mean, it has like insane views. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I was like, let me, let me just do this personal style. Let me, let me yeah. do it here. Um, and yeah, I guess it is kind of Glenda's style. You know, I think uh, mine is going to have a slightly different uh I'm not going to do as much real estate content as she does. You know, she's got also I don't have the stories she does. She has stories <laughs> like that I, I sometimes I'm like, "Did you make that one up?" <laughs> I'm like, "That one?" I was like, "That one's too crazy." Um so, you know, mine are um heavily around like gay culture um and uh a lot of a good bit of comedy in there, a lot of mindset stuff. Um, definitely going to have some stories like she does, but I don't have the arsenal of stories that that woman yeah. has.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I think that's important, you know, like the, the setting of doing it at home, like in your own environment, right, with like the dogs around. And, you know, it just shows who you who you are. And I think people connect with that. And, you know, I think I think that's, you know, if we were to do content at that sort of level, that's what I would want to do, too. You have to mix in the personal stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not sure I'm vulnerable at that
2: level yet. <laughs> I should Absolutely be. not. <laughs> One I of the biggest be. things that you said that like it, it's been like lurking in my mind is by you being vulnerable and. Putting it out there, you allow other people to feel like it's okay to be yourself and you don't have to worry about being accepted because you could be loud, you could be goofy, you could be out Mm -hmm. there. But if you don't love yourself or accept yourself as a person, it doesn't matter if you lose weight or if you earn a certain amount of money if you're not happy with accepting who you are. So I don't know if that's accurate or if that's an assumption. Uh, I I think that's
1: totally accurate. I also think what it allows, you know, because you're not, uh, what's that saying? If you're for everybody, you're for nobody. As real estate agents, you can't put on this persona that's gonna make everybody happy and expect to have a huge business because nobody's gonna get who you really are. Nobody's gonna feel a connection to you. So by putting yourself out there and being vulnerable and being like, this is who I am, this is what I do, people are still not gonna like you. You know, There's gonna be people who watch you and just don't, don't connect and don't get that warm, fuzzy feeling of I wanna work with this person. And the good news is, You'll probably never hear from them. You know, they're yeah. just and not, gonna, and they're just not going to reach out to you. And so, like, my close ratio is quite nice because I have so much content out there, and I'm so myself out there that most people, by the time we're actually meeting up, have already decided, like, oh, I like this person, I want to do business with this person. Yeah,
2: because you were effective at attracting them versus trying to hunt after them to exactly. convert them.
1: Yeah. And oh, I that's think... a great way to put it.
2: Yeah, and I think there's.
0: You know, that's that's one of the things that we talk about with our coach, too. It's it's um, I mean, obviously, you're on a different level because of Bravo and all those other things, a million dollar listing, but, you know, for for the average agent out there who's putting out of, you know, a a fair amount of content. I think that's one thing that's really helped people, um, you know, get more listings and get more clients by, you know, making themselves more available on content. Right. So Mm -hmm. Let's just say we set an appointment to meet with the seller for tomorrow afternoon and, and they do a quick Google search like everybody does. There's more than just your Zillow profile and right. your profile on whatever these other real estate websites are. They can find the content. So they watch a few of the videos. They read some of the reviews like we all do before we make any big decision and by the time that you knock on their door they feel like they've sort of had three or four interactions with you Mm -hmm. so i mean we even go as far as sending some of our sellers that we're meeting with like just a personal selfie video on the cell phone like hey tyler super excited to see you tomorrow at five um you know i'm really looking forward to meeting you in person loving to see you know excited to see the the outdoor terrace you have i you know um, have some really excited things to share with you and just sort of just make it a lot more personable. Yeah. And and that's just another hit, right? So by the time you meet them at the door, uh,
2: you know, they feel like they've had a couple interactions with you, so. Exactly. Yeah. I guess my biggest thing for you Tyler is when did it click for you that there's something here with you being vulnerable? Because going through what you went through, there's a lot of insecurities to be able to actually do that. Um, and and that takes a lot at what point in time did you say you know what fuck it i'm gonna do it
1: it's a good question so my immediate reaction after sharing the first one which is when i was the most terrified but i didn't really have anything else to talk about because i had been behind the scenes and like building this company so it wasn't like i was like i just sold this 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 and this i was like i actually haven't sold anything in like four years (laughs) and so i needed to just have something to talk about And I was like, I do have something to be proud of. I was like, in the last four years, I built a company and lost 200 pounds. And now I'm getting back to like what I was meant to do, which is sell homes. And so I put that out there, immediately got like that dopamine rush because I got so much positive feedback. And I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) The issue is, is, and this was a younger version of myself, it doesn't really affect me as much anymore. I've just come to accept it and not only accept it, expect it. Um, is that eventually you start to get criticized, you know, no matter what you're doing, and and so I would run into real estate agents who were very vocal about, oh, you really you really use that weight loss story to just book as much business as you could, and and now I realize it was like jealousy, but of course you're back then, weight loss I know a weight then, loss whore, I, oh, loss <laughs> I love it, um, you know, and just people. You know, people, if somebody is succeeding, somebody always has to talk about why, you know, why find a way to bring them down, find a way to bring them down. You know, I, I'll bring up like a name of somebody in the city that I don't know personally, but I'm like, holy shit, they sell so many homes and somebody's like, well, you know, their dad is so-and-so I'm like. Okay, I'm like their their dad's wealthy friends are using them not because of who their dad is, but because clearly they have a track record of success. Like, just stop stop giving their dad all the credit or their husband all the credit. That's actually what I hear the most is like, you know, there will be some woman just like kicking ass, and they're like, well, you know, she's married to so and so. I'm like, well, lucky him because he's got a badass for a wife who can really sell an yeah. expensive <laughs> home. You know, I was like, she's yeah. I bet you she's making more money. Um, so. You know but i my version of that was you know oh i i the the rumblings that i heard was like tyler's tyler's only successful because you know he lost this weight and people think it's cool but he's not actually that good and so i became insecure stopped stopped the content for a while and and then it was the my favorite thing about reality tv is watching it back and you know because for me i was like oh Firstly, I was able to watch it and say that felt good when I said it, but hearing it, I'm like, "Oh, that doesn't land right." Like that's that that sounded a lot meaner than I meant it. Like, oh, you know. (laughs) And so it was a really good kind of um, moment of being able to like um, uh, reflect back. But the moments that I was most proud of on the show were those vulnerable moments, and I was like, "Love me or hate me." I was like, "That's who I am, and that's yeah. that's who I want to be in this world, and like that's how I want to show up." And if you don't like it, I don't have time to be friends with everybody, so that is probably in my favor.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's huge because like I, I, I'm still fluffy, but I had a friend who lost 100 pounds, and after fluffy, a, year, he says. a year later, when I would, like his nickname is Cheeseburger, right? Um, and after he lost 100 pounds people would call him a fat ass or whatever, but he would still get like very upset, but he lost a significant amount of weight. So like he still carried that through where it's not like it's easily to get over with it, um, to do something like that, to expose yourself to a bunch of people and to be vulnerable. So that takes a lot. So I commend you for that. So thank Uh, you. um, yeah. yeah, but you really did milk that weight loss story for a while.
1: Right? <laughs> and I will, I will continue to. I think I, I told you earlier, now I want a TV show about it. I want a TV show about weight loss. I was like, I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore. I'm going to like put a put it on a billboard.
0: Yeah. So um, it's for those people that are, I guess, hesitant to put content out there, Um, obviously I think one thing, the major takeaway has just been be vulnerable, be yourself, you know, put, put yourself out there, you know, show people, you know, a more personal side. Um, any other advice you would share with people, whether it's like how often to put it out there, how often to create it, you know, any other advice you'd share with people that are a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger?
1: I will share some advice that are just like trends that I've noticed that sometimes get me to pump the brakes unnecessarily. I find if I take a break and then, uh, so let's say I take like a month or six weeks and then before I post anything, I immediately get a surge of engagement. And And then usually that engagement will last for like a week or two. And then I see a dramatic drop in engagement. And I don't, I assume it's because people are like, oh, I've I've gotten used to these now. Like, it's not that exciting to me anymore. Um, And then every now and then you'll just see one kind of explode and then it goes right back down. For me, every single time I see something go down, I'm like, oh, people don't like me anymore. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, I got, you know, if you look, I have videos of, I have some reels that are in like the 20 and 30,000 views, and then I have several that are like four and 5,000. And I was like, why did that one only get four? And, and, it, and it's always a surprise to me. I'll record something, that maybe it's just from like a personal experience that I was like, that was a really significant thing to me. And it'll be crickets. And then I'll record something that I'm just like, eh, that was a throwaway, but whatever, I need to put something up. And people will be like, this was exactly what I needed. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. <laughs> um, and so don't overthink your content because you never know. And I'm, I, Every single time, every single one of my videos that has done particularly well has always surprised me. It has always been one that I'm like, that's what you guys liked of, every, <laughs> of everything that I've put out. Like, that's the one that did it. And then, uh, uh, and then the, but it's harder when it's the other way. And I'm like, this is so good. I'm so proud of this. And you put it out there and it's like total crickets, you know. And so yeah. it's just a numbers game. Just keep putting it out there. Nobody's paying attention to your views, followers or comments except for you. Um, yep. so don't get into your head and just know that as long as I used to think when I don't get a lot of views, I'm like, Oh my God, that's so embarrassing. And I'm like, to the few people who watched it, yeah. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, nobody watched it, who cares? Um, yeah. you know, so the, definitely just put the content out. Um, I've heard a lot of ideas around how often to put it out. I'm doing, I'm doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now. And that feels like a lot. Um, hmm. But I know Glinda does one every day. Um, so everybody, everybody's got their, their own thing. I don't know if I'll continue doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just because, well, a I'd have to film constantly, <laughs>
0: um, yep.
1: but, um, but I'm still playing with it. I don't really have an exact method around that. Um, yeah. yeah
0: from what I've learned from you so far, I think that you not having the. The exact method has made you successful, so. Yeah, you just keep
1: going, keep trying new things.
0: Yeah. So for the people out there. um, Like myself, who I think initially took a long time to really get comfortable with video and content. And they say, well, Tyler, you know, obviously you're a different story because. um, You know, Bravo obviously probably found some of those videos, like you said, and that's what sort of propelled uh, you onto Million Dollar Listing. But for the people that are out there that are like, you know, what's the return on this? You know, how do I know like it's like actually getting me more transactions or more deals? Like, you know, I think a lot of people would probably stress about that. Like, is it worth my time? Right. Should I be spending that time like out with more clients or, you know? What's the return on it?
1: That is a great question. And so and probably the most common one that I get asked because videos are an investment. It's not inexpensive to create quality videos, to get everything you need to do it. And every single person I know who makes videos will tell you that their business grows exponentially every single year. What we will also tell you is it's the only lead source that is a question mark because nobody calls you and says, I just saw, you know, episode seven of season three of Whitman wisdom. And I would like to talk to you about buying or selling so you can track it. Um, You know, I do a lot of um, paid promotions. And so I can follow like the clicks and seeing who's like going through to our website and signing up. Those are typically not the people I'm doing business with. My conversion ratios have gone up tremendously because like you said, when I'm going out on listing pitches, it's way less blind because of course these people are researching me before I get there to see if I'm the kind of person they want to work with. And I do the the listings I don't get are almost always because we didn't agree on price. It's very rarely because they didn't want to work with me. I usually walk in and I'm like, we have great rapport built in already with a complete stranger. The only the only ones that I can think of that I don't get are either their timing is off and I usually get them later or the number that I brought them wasn't exciting enough and their number wasn't realistic enough. And so we Mm -hmm. just peacefully say this probably isn't the right fit.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that's super important in today's market where people are still trying
2: to sell at a value that may have existed six, nine, twelve months ago. mm -hmm. So. Well, in a world where attention span is so short, you need to be omnipresent and social is a really good way to be omnipresent. Yeah. So even though you can't track it, people are just like real estate and look picture. It's that. name on brain. Yeah, it's yeah, um,
1: totally name on brain. I like that.
0: Yeah, we were we were talking with an agent yesterday and it's he does a lot of billboards and um, which sounds sort of old school. But when you're, you know, uh, I guess in our market, it's it's been helpful for him. And it's hard to put your finger on it. No one ever calls and says, Hey, I saw your billboard on the corner of, you know, Maine and Hudson or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's, it's the, you know, people only have enough mental capacity or bandwidth to remember one realtor, one dentist, one doctor. So you're constantly fighting for somebody's uh, bandwidth. And, 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 you know, so those things I think are hard to put your finger on it and monetize it and figure out exactly the return. But, if, if you can stay in that number one position through content and,
2: and all these different other avenues, it's
0: it's uh, wildly important.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Tyler is doing it now for counting calories. Now people will start thinking of you and will associate it with <laughs> real estate automatically. So totally. very strategic, very strategic. Um, awesome. So in preparation, John brought uh, fire questions. Uh, do you have any other questions you want to shoot well, right into it? Well, I do want to jump into that. I
0: actually just pulled that out of the sky yesterday. Um, <laughs> but no, we've been talking about doing like a lightning round with some other people too. So I think that's always going to be fun. But just in, in um, preparation for that or or just as a quick segue, I think it's important to talk about um, – I want to give you guys a plug. I know you just recently started your podcast uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. within the last couple of months with Glenda, um, which is – you know, a huge mentor, I think, to anybody who's looking to do content and in the real estate space. So can you just give us a little bit about how that came about and, you know, the, the the fun you guys are having doing that?
1: Yeah. Glenda and I have been friends for a really long time. And, you know, her videos have fully exploded, especially on TikTok. She's basically a TikTok celebrity at this point. Uh, I think she's now up to like 150 million views on TikTok. It's wow. crazy. Wow. And yeah but we've been friends since before either of us were anybody. And we've always just kind of spoken that same language of this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going to do about it. And we're very much into action and reframing and, um, and we have a great sense of humor together. There is something about our chemistry and connection. And we love real estate content and we love uh, all of these real estate videos. But I was like, what can we do to be just like a little bit different, and, and so we're like, we'll be campy and we're going to tell more life <laughs> stories. And a lot of those life stories do revolve around, uh, real estate, but most of it revolves so far around, um, you know, th- things that have just happened to us in our life. Like this whole last episode, uh, episode five was around Glinda's three marriages and you know the whole thing and like and she's and but it's a beautiful beautiful episode where she talks about what she learned from each divorce that she's been through and the things that she went through in each marriage and how it's turned her into who she is today and how she applies that to how she lives her life and how she manages her money and um and how it keeps her motivated at work and that's uh you know with lots of jokes lots of laughing in between but we're talking about really real things for the most part um, and that was, uh, we really, we always joke that we came up with, uh, the entire podcast from the gas station to the bus station, because <laughs> we, we knew we were going out to film a podcast and we were, we met here in the city, but we filmed it at my place in Sag Harbor. And so I hired a driver to take us out there because I was like, we've got to put this podcast together. I was like, we're filming it tomorrow. And. <laughs> And then we got like two hours into the drive and realized we hadn't done anything and we stopped for gas. And then we were taking the driver to the Jitney so he could turn around and come back to the city. And so we got in from the gas station, realized we had 20 minutes left in the car. And we put together the entire season in those 20 minutes. And we almost (laughs) named the podcast from the gas station to the bus station.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Well, it's good to hear that other people um, are good on the fly as well. So that's sort of how we've we've planned a lot of things.
1: I think it's the way to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I don't know. I personally work well (laughs) under pressure, so I'm I'm going to stick with that mentality. But uh, no, man, I I wish you guys the most success with that. It's been awesome watching um, because I've known you both personally. I don't know her personally. I've known you both separately, I should say, and um, it's awesome to see you guys collaborate. Thank you. One, one thing that we've been saying a lot lately is uh, from our coach is that um, collaboration is the new currency. So it's you know, a lot of times people foolishly look at other people in their space as like uh, competition. And I think there's there's um, obviously we're not in the same market, not selling in the same market. But uh, we've had other people on on the podcast that, you know, we're going on listing appointments up against, you know, the next day or we could be. And by no means do we look at the other person as competitors. I mean, there's an infinite amount of business out there for all of us. So, yeah. why would we not use these platforms to share ideas and and uh, find other ways to work together?
1: I totally agree.
2: Awesome. awesome. Ready for a lightning round?
1: Let's do it. Boom,
2: boom, boom, boom. All right. This could go horribly. Pick three and then I'll ask the last two. No, I'm going to pick
0: three. You're going to pick three and then I'll pick
2: three. Um, I'm going to ask the, the, the two I always ask. Uh, those are intense. Take that one, too. Oh,
0: Am I right.
1: supposed to give, like, fast answers or fast? Answers. Take, a card, take a
0: card and I saw you on family. Feud. Did you win the family feud? Uh, I, sure, final? I
1: sure did.
0: <laughs> you know, what's funny is we were preparing for this today, you know, about 30 minutes ago and uh, uh, an agent on our team, Nikki, I was telling her that we were going to be meeting with you. And she was like, you know, I think Tyler won the family feud episode.
1: I sure did. That was one of the most, A, A, one of the funnest experiences of my life. But Steve went first. And while he was answering all the questions, I had to sit backstage and they put you in headphones and they play really loud music in the headphones to make sure you can't hear anything (laughs) that's happening on stage. And so you really do go out there just like complete. And when I tell you, my heart was racing like, my heart, I don't know why I was so nervous. And he started asking the questions and I was like, I was like, okay, I got it. I got it. Um, I got 4 of the number one answers.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome, man. I you know, I think just spending some time with Steve Harvey would be fun in itself. He's, that had to be.
1: If that man is a beast. He is yeah. He comes and what's really interesting is they don't edit much out of the actual show and he comes out and he is doing his thing. There is no small talk. He comes out and he's like, welcome to Family Feud and it's just, <laughs> I, and, and his jokes are so on the fly and they're smart and they're funny. I mean, he's, he is a force.
0: Yeah. I watched a cool story about him last night real quick. Uh, they, I don't even know if it was Family Feud, but they brought on this couple that he hadn't seen in years. And I guess, when he was a struggling comedian, he had a, a carpet cleaning business, and he had cleaned the carpet in their store just to make money and they had like taken him in and took him under his wing and like you know hired him and got him all these jobs and that was how he got off the ground to uh be able to travel and build his like go on the road as a comedian and he was fucking bawling his eyes out they were crying I was crying it was fucking it was nuts, <laughs> well, i man, have to but. i
1: have to look that up i have to look i love yeah. those kind of things I'll
0: send it to you it was yeah. It was awesome. But I, I really respect him. And he's he's just a legit dude. All right. So we call this the light lightning round. But I don't know how quick you have to answer it. But we'll give you like, you know, they're really quick. Uh, we'll go you know. quick. Okay. All right. Who's the best teacher you've ever had?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, I would have to say Vonda Martin. Oh, people are Vache. I've had so many good ones. <laughs> I hope they're not listening. They're all going to have their feelings hurt. <laughs>
0: And what did they teach you or what grade or what point of life?
1: These were adult people. So Vivace was my life coach. She has taught me the most about living and showing up and learning who I am and not apologizing for who I am and just like putting it out there as much as possible. Vonda has, I've had a lot of great mentors in real estate. That's why I think a lot of people are going to get their feelings hurt when I just said that but vanda to this day is still the person who i quote the most and uh, whose teachings i reference the most in my business
2: Vanda, awesome. vanda S- Va- oh sorry With sounds like v- wanda but like a russian <laughs> like oh. you want to talk to Vanda? vanda <laughs> all right ready when you're down what makes you feel better
1: uh big into meditating um but the, the biggest thing that always turns me around is riding my horse There is just something about fully I can't have my phone with me. I fully disconnect for that hour. I get focused on something else. And and it's just I don't know why it is. It has that that animal has changed my life.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Have you ever bought anything from a TV on infomercial?
1: Oh, my God. So many. (laughs) That was (laughs) like I had a weird addiction growing up, uh, buying (laughs) But because I, I, I would I, and I loved infomercials, I actually thought one day that that could be my career is like being an infomercial salesperson. But I There's bought. There's still time there is still time. Dream big. <laughs> um, I bought so much exercise equipment. I had the ab dolly. I had the Chuck Norris Total Body Gym. I had multiple <laughs> of the ab crunchers. And when they would show like the videos of somebody like really fat doing crunches, and then morph down to somebody with like all in the same video to somebody with like this six pack, I was like, "That's all I have to do."
0: <laughs> I I remember I'll never forget. I had a college roommate who had. Do you remember the ab thing that you, it was like a belt, but it would it oh, would move your shake? abs for you? Yeah. yeah. I remember coming into like our college dorm like come up from behind him and I'd see him at the computer <laughs> shaking and I'm like, dude, that's not going to do anything. Come on. that's
1: Cut to, he has an amazing body. <laughs> yeah.
2: He's a stud. All right, um, What fashion trend you followed was very cool, but now looks ridiculous.
1: I'm actually afraid that my current fashion trend is going to come back and bite <laughs> me ass in the future. I am on such a silk shirt kick right now. I went out and I have spent a, a fortune on silk shirts with insane patterns and flowers. And they're just so flowy and breezy. And and I feel fabulous in them. But I do wonder in three years, am I going to be like, honey, (laughs) (laughs) Um, outside of that, I think I've always uh, played it pretty safe. So this is my first time really like stretching out and seeing seeing if this look is going to work. No, I
0: think it's working for you, man. You look great. Thank you. What What do you most admire about your parents?
1: My dad is the sweetest, softest, most like vulnerable man, and he hasn't always been that way. And in his uh, I would say in like the last five years, I've seen such a change in him. And my parents had me young, so my dad is only 62. But um, when he I was with him he's in town right now because my brother just had a baby and congratulations he is, thank you and he's he's actually coming over right after this but he's Ooh. the most evolved changed person later in life that i think i've ever witnessed and it's been such a beautiful change in evolution and i think it's so much harder once you get into your 50s and 60s and you're much more set in your ways and your thought patterns and like uh I almost get like emotional talking about it because I mean, he's just become like such, such a special human. My mom has always been a boss. You know, she is, uh, she, she, she's her kid's biggest fan. You know, I'm such a mama's boy. Um, but she's always been like such a leader. And, um, you know, and interestingly enough, my dad is much more, I would describe him as shy, you know, he doesn't, He doesn't like the attention. He doesn't like being in the limelight. Um, And my mom, so I learned my vulnerabilities, I think, more from my dad. And I learned my leadership skills more from my mom, who is a take charge. I'm going to handle this. I'll call you when it's done kind of person.
2: (laughs) That's a good combo. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. All right. So if you could do something dangerous just once with no risk, what would you do?
1: definitely skydive at some point. I, I have this weird, I'm deathly afraid of heights, like deathly afraid of heights. And the idea of skydiving is probably the most terrifying thing in the world to me. And yet I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it though. Like there will be. Um, but if there was a moment that you just promised me where it would be fine, then sign me up.
0: Sweet. I, I have the exact same thoughts. I'm like terrified of heights.
2: And I think... It's easy. You just gotta jump. Yeah, that's all it is. I did it once, and the guy was like, "You're the calmest one. Are you okay?" I'm like, "It hurts everywhere. The adrenaline did not kick in." He's like, he's like "Oh, you'll be and fine." You did it where the guy's attached to your back. Yeah, yeah. He was humping me and everything. It was it was it <laughs> attached in there. He's yeah. Like, so you'll do it you again. good. I'm
1: saying, no, no. I was like, I want that guy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he
2: was hefty. You don't want it. Um, all right, two questions. Worst uh, right. best advice you ever got?
1: Uh, best advice I ever got. Oh, goodness. I've gotten so many the line that and I got this from Vivace, the line that I guess this is advice that plays in my head at least once a day is, did you really have a bad day or did you just have a bad five minutes that you milked all day? And Mm -hmm. the reason I love that advice is because it's really taught me to just let go of dumb shit. You know like we especially as real estate agents we carry it all around with us it seeps into our other conversations and business that has no idea with the trauma from an hour before and it's really and i've gotten really good at it and especially in like the last few years of when something bad happens i'm like that was that moment but you don't get my whole day like you know you, yeah, i'm no. not gonna have a bad day today just because somebody pissed me off at 10 a.m
2: that's yeah. solid now what's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given
1: the worst piece of advice that i've ever been given i probably dropped it at this point (laughs) that wasn't good um you know what the worst piece of advice i've in real estate everybody tells you to cold call i do not believe in cold calling i just don't i think i think it is a waste of time i don't think it goes well i haven't had any positive experience with it and it is shoved down our throats that we need to do it. And I'm like, so y'all know? I'm like, I, after everybody's paid, I'm netting a couple million bucks a year and I've never made a cold call. So you don't have to do it, I promise. And by the way, my dad's not a developer. I'm not married to a billionaire. <laughs> like I am from a small town in the South and I was a waiter at Planet Hollywood in Times Square. Like nothing was handed to me. I did it all without a single cold call.
0: Good, man. I love that story. It's. Uh, you know, but I think you have to do what what works for you and for you, mm-hmm. obviously, being vulnerable, putting out the content, you know, you found a different avenue and that's you just got to stick with what works.
1: Totally. Totally. You know, you know what? I, it, 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 the cold calling in New York, we don't have access to expireds. Yeah. We don't have access to FISBOS. So it's you're generally just like calling out of a phone book and being like, want to sell your house? <laughs> you know,
0: but that, you know, that that's what makes it that much more difficult. And and couple that with the the overwhelming amount of brokers that actually exists in Manhattan. Yeah. It's it's it that it, it makes the success stories that much better. So yeah. Totally That's awesome, man. Well, we really, really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully it was um uh a good use of your time as well. We it really was very do very fun. Uh, yeah, we think people will certainly find a lot of value. Um if people want to, you know, just uh, engage with you on Instagram, if you don't mind just sharing your your handle.
1: Yeah, it's just my name. Tyler Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N.
0: All right. And Sweet. I'm sure you'll gladly you or your team will take referrals in Manhattan, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Send us, send us everything you got. We're we are fully staffed. Um, we didn't talk about my team, but we are a special, well-oiled machine um, and would love to help anybody.
0: Awesome. And mm-hmm. I think that's important to note, too. Like that's, you know, a lot of times we dig deep and it's like, how many people are on your team? What do they do? You know, do you have an operations person? And I think that says a lot, too, about, um, you know, who you are and, and, and what you're doing every day, because it's we spent a whole hour here and, and we didn't even dive, <laughs> dive into the team and buyers, agents and all that fun stuff. So
1: next awesome, time man. you'll have me back. <laughs>
0: awesome. we Will do. Well, thank you so much, man. Kiro's going to want to take a picture quick.
1: All right.